It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Everton Fan Podcast brought to you on the Royal Blue, Acast and iTunes channel. Premier League football returns this weekend as the Blues take on Norwich City. But as we are still in the period of the international break, we have decided to turn this week's show on its head and do some reminiscing. We are a little under two months away from 2020, so I, along with two guests, are going to take, take a look back over the past 10 years and pick out our best Everton moments of the decade. For those of you wanting a knowledge preview, fear not, there will be a podcast for that later in the week. But back to the show, the view from the Gladys Street, and let me introduce our guests. First up, we have Connor O'Neill, keeping his place after a stellar performance on last week's show. How are things, Connor? Too bad to hear yourself. Yeah, not too bad, not too bad at all. And making a return after a few weeks off, we have Rob Astle. How are you, Rob? I'm good, pal. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. All the better for the return of Premier League football this weekend, so we can get over the boring international oh, break. Yeah. Um, just to give you an idea of what we're going to discuss and debate in this week's show, I've asked the lads, as well as myself, to pick the team of the decade, their player of the decade, the match of the decade, the goal of the decade, manager of the decade, and their low point of the decade. So plenty to reminisce, think back and discuss on. Before we get into it, what memories come to light when you think about the past 10 years? Connor, we'll start with you. Just, is there anything just off the top of your head? Good, bad, average? What, what are we saying? Turbulence, I think, are the word I'd use to describe the last 10 years. Yeah. I think you look at the club, probably the 10 years before that, we were quite stable. We probably weren't going anywhere and we weren't, you know, we were kind of fluctuated between potentially bridging the gap and it often being, you know, just a, a step too far for us. You know, the last 10 years it's been quite turbulent on and off the pitch. I think there's a lot going on, hasn't You know, there's, there's a lot going on. I think we've had a lot of false dawns over the last 10 years as well. But in saying that, you know, it's not all negative. There has been a lot of, you know, large, you know, good spells. The club side, I mean, you, you think back to, you know, Roberto Martinez's his first season in charge, where for me we played, you know, the, the best bit of football I've seen probably an Everton team play. I know David Moyes done well towards the end of his tenure playing football, but... That season under Martinez, we were just, it was a spell where we were just phenomenal. It's incredible, wasn't it? You know, to, yeah. to quote Roberto, we were phenomenal, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bring back memories there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we, we were brilliant. Uh, you know, you look back, at, I think we'll probably touch on a couple of the games in that season because there was really some standout performances, you know. Man United away when we, we beat. Uh, Roe Carroll, Strafford, Hoodoo, you know. Yeah. There was just, there was a lot of, you know, even the derby that year, Goodison, the 3-3 the, the was an absolute thriller. Mm. Um, and it was good refreshing to see us, you know, go toe to toe at Liverpool and go at them. So, yeah, I think that I think you know, the last ten years, I probably say they've been but tearing up with plenty of ups and downs. I mean, Rob, we, we've had since in that, in that time, we've had four permanent managers: um, David Moyes, the end of an era, as well, obviously the end of his era. I'm sure he's taken over the club. Um, plans have been accelerated for um, the Bramley more more docks. What, what just what are your memories so far? Um, 
bit more like it. It's almost like two step, uh, one step forward, two steps back, isn't it? This last ten years, you feel like you, you make a bit of headway. Like that season under Martinez that Connor just alluded to there was like I've never seen us play that well ever. Like that was some incredible football that was played that year and came so close. But then the two previous, the two years which uh, succeeded it, you know, it was dross, wasn't it? And Martinez paid with it with his job. Same happened with Koeman. You have one good season and all right, we've got the stability back here. You know, we've got the basis of a good team. And then Steve Walsh just goes and ruins it all, basically. Um, Did he? Always a Koeman, you know. It, it, it's, well, no, because it, Steve Walsh, so you just interrupt and, and go on a different tangent. <laughs> Obviously went quite rogue, isn't he? In an interview yeah. with another, a bit of media company and basically said that we missed out on Maguire and Robinson for 20 million. Johnny Evans for, was it three or four million? Eric Harland's for three million. You yeah. know, so. so, you know, and then you've got, you had, you know, we ended up binning off Koeman and then, you know, we went to Allardyce and that was just kind of like purgatory for us all, wasn't it? And then <laughs> we got Marco Silver in eventually. And what, what it was a good, in the end, a good season, um, what I would call the good season under Marco Silver, given what we put up with over the last, the previous two seasons, this season obviously hasn't kind of like lived up to expectations. So it's just kind of been a bit meh, hasn't it? This last 10 years. I think that's the best way to describe it with like probably the past with, 20, 30 years with the odd, <laughs> with the odd, like opening of the door to something special. And then it just gets slammed shut again on, yeah. in, on us. Really, I, I, think, I think the thing that's quite telling as well is that apart from obviously David Moyes, you know, Koeman, Roberto and Sam, you know, they basically, they needed sacking. <laughs> it wasn't, yeah. a, it wasn't a case of, you know, like you, you see now with Tottenham and Pochettino and, last night when you know the, he was sacked and sort of the outpouring love from from Spurs fans basically saying you know what are we doing like mm. you know why are we doing this you know quickly it, changed <laughs> it did but there was still an outpouring of love there there was still you know a thing of not to harsh that you know he deserved more time he deserved better he's transformed us the thing about our three managers who've been sacked is every one yeah. of them has, has <laughs> needed to be sacked and to the point of where you're almost like saying if we don't sack him now we, we you know God knows where we're going to end up and I think that's Quite telling is that we've reached a point not once but on three occasions where we've we've had to sack a manager, which and we're close to a fourth if we're being true. Yeah, you know, truthful, aren't we? You know, yeah. So it's it's not you wouldn't bet against a fourth going before the end of the the, the decade, out, would you? Well, we don't really want to start the new decade on how we've <laughs> literally, you know, not really started the old decade, but how it's how it's panned out. So it, it it is a it is a difficult time. Let's let's talk about the the team of the decade. Then we've I've got my eleven. Rob's got your eleven, and Connor, you've got your eleven. So we'll go from by position and position. See if, we, if we're going to agree. See if there's going to be any arguments or, or fights on who deserves to be in the eleven. So Connor, who is your goalkeeper for? Um, Goalkeeper of the decade for Everton. Mine's Jordan Pickford. Jordan Pickford? What the hell? <laughs> Controversial already. <laughs> Straight in there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think if you look back over the, you know, the, the, the 10 years, Tim Howard's kind of got phased out by Roberto Martinez for a large part of mm. Martinez's tenure. Um, and if we're being honest before then, you could see the decline of Tim Howard was coming. He, he cost us a lot of goals. He didn't look as stable as what he had done previously. You, you could kind of see that he was on the decline and things maybe weren't quite right. And for me, I just think Pickford, yeah, he, he's done us, you know, he's had his fair share of blunders and he, you know, he's, he's obviously went for that spell last year anyway, it looked like he lost his head a little bit. But there was also times, I think in his first season where he kept us in games and he kept the score down. And you do wonder where that first season, 
there was times where, you know, he was single handedly keeping us in games and you do wonder that year if we hadn't had him between the sticks, if you had a Stecklenberg, where he would have been in the league table because there was, you know, I know we look back at that and people say, well, we're where we finished and stuff, but there was a real bleak point in that season where it felt like a sing- he was a you know, one-man tirade almost, you know, because there was nothing in front of him. So for me, I was I would give Pickford an odds. I think he's, he's done more than enough in the, the freeze he's been at the club now. Yeah, I went to I went to Howard purely because I just feel like Pickford's not been here long enough to to justify being played at the decade in goal. 2017, so we'll have been here three years. Three years, three years yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've the Tim Howard leaves at 15. 16. 16, was it that late? I think so, yeah. That's what I've got it down as from right. your research during but, the day. But, but don't forget, though, before that, he'd lost his place at all Robles. But it wasn't. Yeah, Robles but it had wasn't. been given the nod, hadn't Yeah, he? yeah. Martinez was favouring Robles over Howard at that point. Right, for large parts of his I can't second believe it. and third season. I'm going to wait. The first pick has already started the controversy. Can I just stop you there? You're not going to do when, what we did at the end of last season where we've all got to agree on it, are you? No, no, no I'm not doing that. No, we're not doing that. Well, Connor's put a good case of defence for Pickford. I'll, I'll say mine and then you, because you said Howard, haven't you? Yeah. Mine's Howard as well. So if you want to go for the, just the reason why, why you picked I him, I just think that 2000, so yeah, he's talk, talking of the decade from 2010, Moyes left in 2012, didn't he? He was, he was, he was Moyes' number one. He was the first player in the team sheet and then that season under, the, under, um, the first season under, I can't remember the name, not Martinez, um, he was pivotal in that team as well. And then you are right, Connor, he was phased out, but he, st- I, 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 that was down to the style of play that Martinez wanted to play. He wanted to, he wanted more of a, say a modern goalkeeper. You say would a that, ball would, playing goalkeeper. A ball playing goalkeeper. Would that be, would that be fair Possibly, to say? Yeah, that'd yeah, be fair Possibly, to say. Yeah. And obviously age wasn't on Tim Howard's side at the time. But I just feel Tim Howard, I don't be wrong, I know he was susceptible to a lot of mistakes at times and, the, and, and, but, Jordan, so Jordan Pickford in, in his short career at Everton. And, and to be fair, it's just probably the same argument. I think Tim Howell kept us in games at times. He's come at a weird it's a moment weird ta- in the decade because yeah. he came in 2006, 2006 as a loan and then obviously signed as permanent. So effectively 10 years. So it's in the middle of two decades and he's had his best moments probably, you could say, at the, at the late stages of the last decade. But I still think the early parts of this decade that we're talking about he more than warrants his place in that in that team of the decade, and I don't think Pickford's done nowhere near enough yet. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> you love that each yeah. other. Fair enough. So th- there you go. So I've gone Howard. Rob's gone I know. Howard. I'd ra- I know. I'd rather have between the sticks. Pickford. There you go. Okay, right back. I think probably unanimous is going <sighs> to be Seamus Coleman. Seamus Coleman. Yeah, There's only one. Can't quite. I mean, no, no, I mean, how long, how long ago was this? Like right now, two years ago. Two years. Even now, look, Coleman comes and Coleman's going for a, bit, a lot of flacking at the moment. He's lost his place to Sadibi. But even when Coleman came back last, no, not last year, the year before, after that leg break, during that game against Leicester, it was like he'd never been away. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the stats say for Coleman that he hasn't actually lost any pace or any kind of thing. And, and but even before that leg break, he was just superb in that season. That's that. Season under Martin, that first season under Martin, as he was fantastic. The goals he scored, the amount of goals he scored as well. I, I mean, he, at one point, at one point, I think Everton had the two best fullbacks in the league. Hmm. Won't argue with at you. One, at one point, Joe and, and Seamus Coleman was one of them. I mean, he came in two thousand nine, so he's been here a long time. Even if he 
didn't come back after that leg break, whether he left or whether he just wasn't the same player, he still would be in that team yeah. a decade for me as the, the right back because, well, he hasn't had that much competition, probably even Tony Hibbert's been the, the competition but still, I, hasn't I, it? I think, but though he hasn't had much competition, I actually think that's down to him because he was so good for so long that we didn't need any competition yeah, because he was he was just Mr. Consistent, wasn't he? So there was never no need for to have got a rival right back to, to challenge him because he didn't need challenging. You know, he pretty much nailed that place down, you know, it was it was his spot, wasn't it? You know, yeah. no one ever no one ever got close to him. So So we are unanimous on the right back yeah. and probably gonna be unanimous on the left back. So I'll go to that first. Mine is Leighton Baines. Baines. Yeah. No no question. Don't that. really need to say much. No. I mean could you make a case for, for Luca Dean over the past couple no. of years? No? No, when you consider how good Baines was at that in the, yeah. in them, you know, them them early years of the hidden. The thing for me with Lincoln Baines as well was that, you know, he stayed loyal to the club. He could have moved, he could have maybe kicked up a fuss a couple of years ago and Yeah, when tried, took over United. Tried to get tried to force his way out and stuff and he didn't. He kind of, you know, just kind of took it all in stride and carried on like, you know, nothing was happening. All the professional. That was testament yeah. to him, I think, and his his character. I love Lincoln. I like on to it later, but in terms of player of the decade, he's, he's for me, Mr. Everton. The amount of goals he scored, the amount of free kicks, penalties, he's just Mr. Reliable at a high, high level. And like I said about Coleman, at one point Everton had the two best fullbacks in the league, and he was the other side of it. And, and that partnership he had with Stephen Pienaar as well was just seconds on one. Okay, full agreement on the fullbacks. Um, we'll go centre backs then. I think this is going to be. Quite controversial, this. So, Connor, go on. Both of them or just one? Yeah, go for both. Well, Jagielka Stones. Jagielka Stones is appearing. Yeah. Rob? I, I, I agree with Connor. Jagielka Stones. Okay, well, I'm going to disagree with both of you. You're going to say Distan, aren't you? Jagielka and Distan, yes. I just think Stones, for for all his potential that he, he's shown, or showed uh, at Goodison Park, he never really fulfilled that potential. And he's probably... He went on to have a couple of good seasons at City. I mean, look at him now. He's not. He doesn't. You know, he's not getting a game really, is he? If he can't judge him on what, what he's doing out City. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Well, I, what I'll say is, I feel Sylvan Distan had better performances at Everton Football Club than, than John Stones did. Even when John Stones was really good, I remember uh, the fans John, getting on his back. John, John Stones was the most complete centre half I've seen at Everton Football Club. Yeah, pace. John, John Stones was too good for us. John Stones was taking us to an, a different level before we wanted to be at that level. I, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he was. He was, he was three seconds you, ahead of other people on the pitch than us. If you what remember back to some scenarios and situations in matches where he lost the ball, and this was down purely down to the Martinez style of play, which you just alluded to with with Tim Howard. I just don't think he was ready for, for that type of. All right, Del, I, all right, Del, flip, flip, flip it on. Oh, it's getting, flip it on the head then. It's right. getting edgy now. John Stones. John, <laughs> You pick me out at an error where John, what John Stones made, which was so I can't, I, I, which was so like, oh my god, what's he done there? Because I could, I could give you definitely one at distance. Well, obviously you're going to probably pick the one out in the FA Cup semi final, aren't you? The biggest moment, which biggest moments of his prob- his, his career at, at Everton, and he, and he and he fluffed it as a partnership. John Stones and Jagiel could have better. No, I think you need Stones' pace. You need Stones' pace. Sam wasn't slow. See, John, Stone, John Stones, Connor's right. John Stones is the most complete centre half Everton ever had. He was 
he was too good for pre, us at pre the time. Pre-1980s, that is that. I'm not getting into the, the bat lunch with stuff yeah. like, how, how can you just rack Kevin Ratcliffe and people like that? <laughs> From what we've seen in the modern day era of Premier League football, he's the most complete centre-half before people start having a go at me. In this. <laughs> <laughs> but John Stone, John Stone is better than Sylvan Distant. Yeah, I agree. I'm going, I'm going, I, I, when, I've, when I wrote my team, I was in work yesterday because, you know, I was dead busy. Basically, I, I went on. I went. I went on players who were, who were, who showed a level of class, but like, didn't, didn't really have to have stayed that long. So, that's what I've based my no, team I mean, on. If you and were, for me, John, and for me, John Stones. If you were there a year and you you had an impact on the club, then you should be able to. Well, Gary Lineker's renowned, isn't he, for, for what he done at Everton? He only, he only done one year no, exactly. because he scored 40 goals. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I'm not dismissing that. Goals. I just feel, look, this time was there from 2009 to 2015 and he, he kind of did fade out. What I'm saying is that he, I feel he had more of an impact as an Everton player than John Stones did. I think, you know, I can't remember off the top of my head like mistakes that John Stones made, but I just know that I, I, can, th- I can think in my mind now there was times where he was trying to ball play out and he would lo- lose the ball. And again, that's down to the style of play that we were try, trying to play. I just don't think he was ready for that that type of football. That team wasn't ready for that kind of football. Well, it's not. Maybe I, not. Maybe but, not. But D- Distan was a very, very good centre back and a very good sign. He was. He was. He was. Uh, yeah. He, uh, did he replace Lescott? Am I right in saying he replaced Lescott? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Lescott yeah. went to City, didn't he? Yeah. Post you know, I'm not. The, I'm not disputing this. That Distan wasn't a bad player, but John Stones was a better player. That's fine. Before, well, we'll, we'll we'll agree to disagree on that one. Plenty more to go because the the podcast was going to go on for ages otherwise. So let's move on. Um, so we've got we've done the defense, we've done the goalkeeper. Let's go. Let's move straight on to midfield. Formation we doing here? Well, it's, it's up to you because mine, mine's a little bit skewed to be honest. And you know, I was going for a four four two, but if you look at the players that I'm going to have, it's not really a four four two. Let's go for the. I'll, I'll say my four. Midfielders, and then you can go with your four midfielders. So I've gone for Stephen PNR, Gareth Barry, Adrissa Gay, and I'm going to go for Leon Osman as well. They're my four midfielders. Mine are PNR, Barry, Fellaini, Arteta. Okay. I went PNR, Gay, Fellaini, Arteta. Okay. I mean, and, 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 the one I potentially consider taking out there because I thought Leon Osman was a brilliant servant for the club. Mm. The one I'd probably take out would probably be, being honest, it'd be Arteta because he only stayed for two years. Like, like he was kind of like, didn't he leave? What year did he leave? Well, it was only one. He was only 2011. 2011. 2011 so he was it? only there. So I think we're all... No, no, that, that's why I See, it's, it's a difficult one on the right hand side though because. If, if you're going on impact and stuff like that, you could maybe make a case like Gerard Delefeu, people like that. Well, you that, can make a case for Charleston. You, you, yeah, with Charleston. Yeah, 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 so the, the right-hand side, really, for me, when I was doing mine, was the sticking point. And maybe, I think maybe with Arteta, you kind of get, certainly probably I probably did a little bit, you kind of get bogged down by the nostalgia of like Arteta, probably be pre-2010, if no, I'm being exactly, honest. Yeah. Um, so the, for me, the, the sticking point was the right-hand side because... That was my. You haven't really had a stand up right outside. Like you think of Osman played there, but he kind of played there as a stopgap, didn't he? And, yeah, you know, yeah. he was times where he didn't really replay with a right hand side. And well, I think if, it, Rob's right. I think you could make actually make a case for a Charleston now at the minute, couldn't well, you? If you're doing the position, 
Osman is on my right hand side, and I've done a slash Delafeu. So it was either between mm. um, one of the two of them. But like you say, Richarlison, although he's been at the club for you know less than three years, he he could definitely definitely be in there. I, I've just gone for Osman for like nostalgia and I, stuff like that. I think in terms of Leon Osman, I think he's one of the most technically gifted footballers that we've had in our, in our generation. Really, and be. His ability to play anywhere across that midfield and play it effectively. His first touch as well. His first touch. When when Pinar left, he formed an alright relationship with Leighton Baines to keep that can to keep that side going. Mm-hmm. And the season when we played Liverpool in the semi final, that was some of the best football I've seen Leon Osman play. He's a really, really technically gifted player. Mm. And if he could just shoot, he would be yeah, it, yeah. Frank Lampard. Like, like they were all like floaters, weren't they? Kind oh. of thing. It's just very limited power. Yeah, um, but Richarlison, like I'm bringing him in back into the equation now. Richarlison, is he in now? Is he in yours? He's, he's my right hand side now. I think right because side? because for me, Richarlison is the. I want to put this. He's the he's the player that for me that we've missed in terms of impact since Kale. You can just score your goal like that, the click of the finger, whether he's having a good game or a bad game, he'll pull you out of he'll pull you out of the out of the mud on a thing. You know, he, he did it against Wolves, he did it against Southampton last week, he did it time and time again last season. It can be the it can look a great goal, it can be a scrappy goal. And I just think he I think he warrants being on that right hand side. Osman Osman now with a close second, Arteta because he left in twenty eleven. Want to remove him because his better years were before, mm-hmm. before, before the before the beginning of the decade. What about Kale? Because you have Kale. Kale's my, my second striker. Yeah, Kale's my second striker as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, you've gone. We've we've all gone second strikers then. Yeah. So <laughs> I've gone Fellaini as my second striker with Lukaku. See, I had Fellaini in the middle of the park. I've gone Fellaini yeah. in the middle with Barry because that's I think he was he was at his best when he played right. He played you, in the middle of the pitch. You look back like when we played like Man City. And you had that. You think for Fellaini. Oh, who are you talking about? When, when he played against Man City in the middle of the pitch that time, yeah. he yeah. just dominated. That from, when he done the pirouette yeah, on the, the pirouette on Bellamy, yeah. and he was just he was outstanding from start to finish. I think, I think we were a little bit probably hard on Fellini because we were desperately because we were lacking a centre forward at that time. We have op, very little option but to put him up front because it was like well, just we've got we, we've got nothing else to go. So if you just put him up front and put cross into the box, we've got a chance and work though. I always felt I, I think Gareth, I think Gareth Barry. I think Gareth Barry was like the unsung hero of that team under Martinez. He yeah. was the one who kind of held it all together. That's know. why he's in man. You think back to that block against Chelsea? And, you know, there was question marks when we signed him whether, you know, a what was he going to bring him, and b was you know his attitude going to be on one of like, well, I'm on, I'm on a decline almost because. Saw me for a little rest. He, 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 yeah, he'd been at City like... and he kind of been phased out from that. You know, the the, the the new era almost of what City were going to become. So when he come with his attitude and you know. How good he was for because of his age as well. You know, for me, I thought he was outstanding. See, I, I was I, I was torn between gay and and um and Barry, and I've chose gay because of the pure level of consistency at a high level, the same as um same as Leighton Baines that he showed in his time at the club. And you know, if anyone deserved to move out of that Everton team to a huge, huge, huge opportunity, the Champions League football, it, it was just a gay. Um, how long was he at the club? Four years, was it? Four years, five years, was it? Who? Gay? Steve Walsh, first time, wasn't it? 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16, 16
I just think he did that a little bit more than Barry in, t- in his time here. But I do appreciate, I do get the appreciation for Gareth Barry because he was like, it was that, it was that technical booking wasn't it, every game, but he just knew how to do See, it. Yeah, I, I, it was I just think his passing range is. I just think you can't put Barry and Guy in the same team. <laughs> I think you just you you, you it's a bit negative, isn't it? Two home home fielders. I just really think Barry at the edge because he's better at retaining possession as well. He's better with the ball. Fair point. He, he was a lot. Yeah. He was a lot better, but a lot more of, of a calming influence on the ball. I think as good as Driscoll gone away was, if you're going to sort of define it by fine margins, his, his actual ball retention was, was quite, quite poor. poor. Yeah. His passing was quite poor. You know, I think we often used to say people used to say that you know if you could pass the ball, he'd be, he'd be even better because. He could do everything else. He could eat the ground up, you know, mm. intercept play. But then when he kind of get possessed and he get time to think about the pass, it was like, oh, this is like, it's going to go wrong here. Whereas me, I think Barry was very technically gifted on the ball and good at retaining possession in that team as well, which was very football. Mm. And he was good at dropping in and getting the ball off the back, the goalkeeper and stuff, stuff like that, wasn't he, under Roberto? So for me, he just has the edge because of, because of that. All right, well, let's finish that section off then. Let's let's clarify everything by read, just reading out your team so everyone knows. And if you agree, for those listening, and if you don't agree, you can get in touch us on Twitter and, and uh, send us a, a load of abuse. So, Connor, go ahead, read out your team, and Rob will do it, then I'll do it. Pinar, Barry, Fellaini. I'm going to stick with Arteta because I put him in, so. Okay. Pinar, Gay, Fellaini, Richarlison. And your, your forwards, Kale. Only forwards, Kale and... Lukaku. Yeah, Kale and Lukaku. Romelu, Romelu Lukaku, you know, no one comes close to him. He was he was a pain in the backside to be at art, like to have in your team, but he was boss, wasn't he? He was very he was. He was the goals he scored. Where you, you mentioned before, where would the um the team be about Pickford in that Pickford, team? Pickford, yeah. yeah, you know, where would we win without Lukaku's oh, goals? You know, the man was just the only slight criticism you could probably give a Lukaku was the big games. Mm. When you really want him to show his class, he'd go missing. But the level of goals he scored, what is he at? He's our highest ever goal scorer. You know, I'd, I'd welcome him back tomorrow. Okay, so my full team is Howard, Coleman, Jagielka, Distan, Baines, PR, Barry, Guy, Osman, Fellini, and Lukaku. Can we do a worst 11? Well, I didn't yeah, know we're not paper, we? yeah. we've got we've got low points of the decade, so we can we can put that in there if you want. The view from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The view from the Gladys Street podcast. Okay, moving on. Player of the decade, probably probably easy this one. Um, I'll I'll say my two, and then I'll, I'll probably just pick pick one. Um, Lukaku and Beans are the two that I picked. I'm sure you the same. But I'm going to go Lukaku purely for the fact that I don't want the best player of the decade to be a defender and a left back. That's not no like Joe John Leighton Baines. You know he's all your left back still part of your team. I just want our best player of the decade to be a goal scoring striker who's our record is our record goal scorer on 68 goals, 141 appearances. My player of the decade, as much as he is a pain in the ass, it is Romelu Lukaku. Do you agree? I'll fight anyone who disagrees. Fight Leighton outside Baines. the podcast room afterwards then? Leighton Baines, like, epitomised Everton at one point. I, I'm saying what I said before, he performed consistently at a high level for the best part of 10 years. And the goals he scored, the penalties he, he scored, the assists, the relationship with Pienaar, everything about him. His hair. 
his hair, it's good like the haircut over the years. You know, the, the man's just the fact he plays his guitar. Part, you know, he, he's just cool, isn't he? And I bet he hates footy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I bet he hates footy. I bet he once he retires, he'll just disappear into obscurity and just won't be seen again. And I I, I just love Leighton Baines. Connor, do you love Leighton Baines more than Romelu Lukaku? Or is, are those two not even on your list? Oh, no, they, they were the top two, but from, I agree with Rob. I think Baines just Baines, pips yeah. Lukaku. I think... Suck holes. I, I, think you just, <laughs> I think you just look at it, don't you? think, you know, I talk, when it talks about, you know, his attitude and stuff like that, you look at Baines Lukaku kind of forced away out of the club and the things he kind of done. You know, there was never nothing like that with Baines. Was he? He was, no. he's, he's just been, you know, a Rolls Royce of a professional. So for me, it's Leighton Baines all the time. I think as well, the thing with Leighton Baines is that you, the, the year Koeman got sacked mm-hmm. and you sort of started to see the decline in Leighton Baines, then age was starting to creep, you know, to, to creep in and, and I think, the, you know, the little niggling injuries were starting to creep in as well and you were always worried that you, you'd struggle to find, you know, a worthy left back to replace him because he was that good and we've touched so, so lucky that we've got Luke Dean, who could be, who could be just as good. Um, but yeah, Leighton Baines all the way. Okay, looks like Leighton Baines wins that that one. Then flying through these match of the decade now could be a couple of interesting ones. Not not that we've had many big matches over the I past decade. Say, this, 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 when you when you said this before, right? When you said the incendiary agenda, well, this bit annoyed me because I was starting to get really annoyed at the fact that we've got we've had some great games over the seasons, but you know, in truth, they've meant absolutely. Nothing. Yeah. After you know, like I picked, I picked three. One. Well, but, just but, give us, give us, try and give us your one match. One, me one that stands out purely because it's the best I've ever seen an Everton team play in the last ten years. It was Everton versus Arsenal in the in the season under under first season under Martinez. We were pairing at that time. We were we were playing some really really good football. If I'm not mistaken, we actually went fourth that day, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We went fourth that day. And there was a, it was, it was one of the few times that you've ever gone to watch Everton where the stakes have been so high and they've actually not let you down. The whole day was perfect. Yeah. I remember it was a Sunday afternoon, was Sunday it? afternoon, yeah. And you, you, we went one all up through Stephen Naismith, who's massively under an underrated footballer. And then Lukaku scored. And I think the other one that went down as an own goal. Didn't he? Oh, own goal. It was that that kind of game where you'd expect an Everton team to bottle it. I mean, I know we bottled it a few games later against Palace at <laughs> Palace at home, but but that's the best I've seen. It's the most complete ninety minutes I've seen Everton play. Mm. Like we battered them, we absolutely battered Arsenal that day. And like the other notable mentions were the United game um, at Old Trafford, and then the other one was the the semi final. Against not the semi final, the quarter final against Chelsea in the cup. But other than that, I got dead annoyed because I was thinking to myself, there's nothing there of note. There's no finals there. There's no, you know, there's nothing of yeah. like significance where you go, oh, what a night that was. We are, it, it was just, it ended up being worth absolutely nothing. That's what, that's what the most, but it's gone back to the original point. It's like this, this last decade's just been a bit meh, hasn't it? Mm. But instead, if you asked me to pick a game, it'd be that Arsenal game. Okay, Connor. Chelsea in the FA Cup quarter final. Okay. Quarter final. Quarter final. Yeah. Yeah. The the Saturday night game of Goodison, I think. One that meant something. We were we were brilliant that night. I think that was a season where Martin has began to stroll and the, 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 we were on the decline a little bit. 
But that night it was like watching the Everton hold under Roberto Martinez. We were outstanding in Lukaku. Absolutely destroyed Chelsea up top, battered them. Scored, you know, we scored twice to Gaza Street and that was like good as back to it's like rip roaring, you know, shaking best almost. The atmosphere was electric and you know, you, you remember walking out and walking down Goodison Rolls at like, you know, eight o'clock at night. We're going back, to, black. We're going we're going back, back to Wembley, Wembley and yeah. it, I just thought it was brilliant and we were fantastic and I hadn't seen Goodison as good as atmosphere, Goodison like that since we beat Man United one nil in the old four oh five season when Ferguson scored. That's how that's how good the atmosphere was that night and that's that's the standout game for me of the decade. To be controversial on that though, I don't think we played that well in that game complete. I think first half it was a bit it was a bit it was the Roberto it was the, the struggling Roberto Martinez team. It was only the second half he come alive. That's why I didn't pick it. I just remember that we won. Yeah. Do you remember when we went out after the night and I found that well the cash outside the ground and we ended up having pay seven a free night out? Yeah. <laughs> was that was that the oak what the oak? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it? if anyone lost any money, I'm sorry. Ian Crowder, Rob Astle's a very good yeah. myself. <laughs> I, I agree with you, Rob, on what you were saying in terms of, I've I've got two, but the, the one I've picked is because of the performance and it's the same as yours. It's three, Arsenal, Arsenal Everton three, Arsenal nil, April 2014. You know, it was just, just insane. I can't remember an Everton team playing like that. All right, it was against an Arsenal team who weren't the best team in the league, but... They were still, they're not as bad, they weren't as bad as they are now. Mm. We, they still had quality players. So to, to beat Arsenal 3-0, to literally demolish them like we did, that is my match of the decade. Um, just the other one that I want to mention, and it, it kind of sets into what, what Rob was saying in terms of it meant something, and we went to it away. FA Cup quarter-final replay against Sunderland, where we won 2-0. Um Oh yeah, remember? Did you forget about that one? What about that game? That that that, that, that insignificant stole, doesn't it? Because it, 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 like, it felt like we'd done so much hard work. Yeah, but at the time, it, and then we got to the next level and just com- done so much hard work again and just yeah. completely threw away because of your mate. I I, I agree, <laughs> I agree. But at the time, at the time, your mate you put in the decade yeah. team of the year. This time was <laughs> better than Stones, all right? End of it. <laughs> it just cost us place, brought but heartbreak. Fairness, though, you could say the same about that Chelsea game. We blew it in the semi-final. Yeah. You could see, you know, it... mm. at the time. Though, I think the difference, though, I think that 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 day, though, that Liverpool team, that United team, we actually came up against, but all right, they were not bad form at the time. That Liverpool team was terrible at the time, mm. and they they were on a bad run of form. I think they'd won something like one of the last or two of the last ten. They were all over the show, and they, that was in the reports coming out that like they shouldn't go in the summer no matter what. And you just felt that that. No, they had, they had the third choice goal. Rainer was out, yeah. Rainer was out. They had the third choice goal in goal, didn't they? Brad Jones in goal, didn't they? Brad Jones in goal. Brad Jones. You know, they, they, were, they were kind of all over the show. There was only really Gerard there, I think, holding it together in terms of mm. Gerard and Suarez were kind of holding things together because the rest of the team, like Jay Spearing, played in midfield. <laughs> you know, people like people like that who you're thinking, you know. Shouldn't be. They're not, they're not, they're not, they're not Liverpool players, are when you think about the, the players who come against Liverpool in the past. They're not what you'd expect to be up against. So, I always felt that that Liverpool game was. Why well, I agree with that about the Man United game that we did throw it away. Mm. The Liverpool one was for me the ultimate because we were on a really good run of form. They were after taking, you know, the Omens were pretty much set up for us to, to you know, to get a victory. Yeah, but you at that game, no, that you are sort of that Sunderland game. I remember that was one of them games. It was similar. You almost remember we played West Ham only season where you absolutely battered a team. You got chance after chance after chance. Yeah, we went ahead early on. Was Jelovic, Jelovic scored, scored yeah. didn't he? And we had chances and chance. And you're like, oh god, this is just we need to score. We need a second here. And then Fellaini bullied David Vaughan. Was it David Vaughan off the was, ball? Yeah. Off the mm. ball. 
And then on goal. I, it's one of my favorite goals to watch that. It's pure, I don't even watch the goal. I watch the yeah. crowd thinking I'm in there somewhere going absolutely bananas. That's that's why yeah. it's in there for, for what it meant. At the, I know what, you, what you've said about the Liverpool semi-final. I totally agree with, but at the time it, it meant so much. It really did because mm-hmm. we'd had a, a torrid performance against Sunderland for the home tie. We drew 1-1. One, 1-1, one. One, one, yeah. I think they took the lead and we got a late, latest goal. And everyone just thought, we've got to go uh, to the stadium. Like, it's going to be a nightmare. It's going to be tough. And it was the complete opposite. It was like, we knew if you got through, we were going to be playing Liverpool. So the players didn't hide that night against Sunderland. They, they knew we were going to be playing Liverpool and they wanted to win that game. And, and we did. And we just, like you say, the limbs... For, for both goals, for the Jelovic goal and the Vaughan goal, despite it being a, the, the craziest on goal you've ever seen. It, it was just insane. And I, I just, it's one of my fondest, fondest memories. Um, so that and the Arsenal game is uh, my match of the decade. Let's move on to goal of the decade then. I'm going to go straight in there because I know you're going to probably pick the same one. Jagielka against Liverpool, Derby, 2014. Oh. No. You not picked that, no? No, no. I've picked in terms of pure quality. I've picked going back to Connor game. Um, the Lukaku got the first Lukaku goal. The FA Cup the final. FA, uh, quarter FA Cup final. Quarter final. I mean, remember the ball got pumped up long and you think, oh, what's he going to do out here now? And it was the Lukaku that you wanted to see. It was the bully. It was the one who like defenders were terrified of. And I think he took about four of them on in the end. And the place just went absolutely crazy when that ball at the back of the net that's one of the best goals I've seen in score this decade I'm, I'm just going with that one do you agree with I, I do agree with that but I think in a close second is the goal we scored against West Ham and David Moyes' final game of Goodison I think was it Pienaar scored it no Morales got the pairing didn't he oh, sorry, Morales scored but Pienaar back like they, they played it down the left and Pienaar back heeled it into the path of Morales and we just cut we just cut West yeah. Ham to shreds like we, I think we started at the back and just built out the pitch, just cut them to shreds. Mm. And it was one of them goals where you think, wow, that was... One of faded memories of that one, I can't really, rem- really and remember. And crafted it. and carved out. Well, going back to your goal there, I remember that Jagger goal. And it's one of the, I don't want to put that in because it's only a draw, wasn't it? Well, no, I agree, but... but in- it- don't, don't don't put that the result as, know, as the uh, reason. It's the you, goal just, of the you know, there's, there's obviously there's almost like criteria for having it. It's like <laughs> you could score the best goal in the world and lose a game, and you, everyone forgets it. Don't but it's you? just goal of the decade. Yeah. That's all. It I'm, is. Going I'm going with Kaku. I'm going with Kaku versus. I I just love watching Jagielka's goal from every single angle. I agree. It would have been so much better if we'd have um, won the game. Do you know what the worst? last minute as well? That's got to add some sort of. You know what the worst part of that entire goal is celebrations crap in it. I would have just jumped. I'd have just dived in the cop. I'd have just <laughs> and just give it loads to them all. If that, if that I just think he probably wasn't expecting it to go in. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because if you look at like some of the stills from that from that from that goal, he's got like you, you just see like Lukaku going. Is that him there? Like as if to say, really like look, like utter look of confusion on the Jags is definitely confused as to what's just happened as and well. And then what made me laugh was. That a couple of days later on Monday night, Monday night football, Gary, Gary should have saved it. Simon nearly should have saved it. It's like, come on, mate, give us some credit. We've just scored a worldie there, and you're saying the keepers at fault for it. Ridiculous, but good goal, but not goal of the decade for me. Okay, that's fair enough. That's why it is a yeah. debate and opinions. Let's move on to manager of the decade. Bloody hell. I nearly <laughs> swore. I actually nearly swore. Then <laughs> this, this this is going to be tough. This. Um, Connor, go on. Who's your manager, Everton manager of the decade? David Moyes. Okay. 
probably saying best of a bad bunch, probably a bit harsh on Moyers. Mm-hmm. But I think when you look at what he done, what he achieved, even post you know twenty ten onwards, we we done well. We you know we achieved. We we, we had some really good finish places, finishings in in the league and stuff. And although the way he left was left a bitter bitter taste, I think we could all agree. You can't knock his impact and what he done for the club and what what he achieved. In all fairness, though, to be to be defending for that, he didn't leave under any bitterness, did he? No, he it was afterwards what it really. No, I think I think I think I think the thing was was that he wouldn't. He was he was talk wasn't it at one point that he wouldn't open contract talks with Everton. No, no, he, but, he was being quite coy over what he was. Yeah, yeah. His, his, everyone forgets his contract was up at the end of that season, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he wouldn't. He wasn't talk. He wasn't talk to him about it. I think what the kind of suggestion was was that he could he should have maybe expressed his feelings and said I'm going to look to move away or then kind of just you know but do, do what he'd done he'd obviously had a you know an inkling even probably a conversation with someone from United well Ferguson wasn't it Ferguson, yeah yeah that's Ferguson, what I mean Ferguson, to say Pam, Pam you know we, we want you for the job I, I I think he left with the fans singing his name um, after a, a really good performance to finish off which against West Ham which is what you said I just think it was probably the right time for him to go I, I, you don't know what could have happened if he'd stayed. You, you just don't know, especially with Mashiri coming in. But you know, he got beat by a, a Roberto Martinez Wigan team in the in the cup as well. You know, we we turned up to that game thinking we were going to Wembley again, and we got beat three. It was a three oh, oh, no, I, I just think that the options are very limited, aren't they? <laughs> you know, because I, I think you know. Don't get me wrong. I think you know Roberto. His first season, if you're going off for just his first season alone, then he he was winning hands down. Mm. Like we've already said, you know, the football etc. was unbelievable. But then you look back and you think, you no, know, there's almost like 20 months we endured after that. <laughs> were, were horrific to watch, Wendy, and it, it got worse and worse as time went on to the point of where, you know, like, like we said earlier, he needed to be sacked. So, mm. and obviously since then you've had Ronald Koeman, who was just a disaster. So as I was just hell, you know. So it's it, it's it's got to be David Moyes, I think, really. George Moyes as well, then. I go Moyes, yeah. I mean, I know it was only part of the decades. 2012 he left but he, at that time he, that Everton team on such a limited budget was playing some really really nice football it'd be interesting to see an alternate reality where he stays and see what happens when Mashiri comes and things like that whether if he's still here yeah. if he's still here and, uh, you know and, and I he'd think, be able to get to Lukaku in and stuff like that yeah you well, know, would, it, would he have been able to get Lukaku in do you think he would have persuaded Lukaku Moyes to, to, to come in no one knows. Do you know what though? It'd be interesting. No, no, <laughs> they what, don't kind of know. <laughs> honestly, this see this point though. David Moyes, you know, a few ex- players and and his assistants have mentioned like the due diligence that Moyes did on players. Would Moyes have wanted someone of Lukaku's Lukaku's ego in the dressing room? What did he yeah. say in the week that I read that he, he viewed Lescott twenty four times so, before, and he yeah. still wasn't sure about him or something yeah, like that? You know, the due diligence. It's insane, isn't it? With the due diligence that he does on players, it makes you wonder if the players that you know we have got now whether they'd even get near the um the team. It it, it it's it's it'd be an interesting way of looking at things, wouldn't it? And I, th- I think I, as as well as it's it's a different world, isn't it now? Because you've got like director of footballs. Recruitments, you know, advisors, recruitment dish, data, you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. it seemed very much when David Moyes was in charge of recruitment that he was go and watch the player. He's like an old fashioned yeah. scout. Yeah, you know, yeah. see, or, you know, send a scout. A scout said, I think it might be worth a chance. Then he go and watch him five times himself, speak to people who've managed them, played with them. Mm. 
like the old-fashioned way, the old doing fa- it. Yeah. And you're just wondering now, don't you, with the, with the demand of management and the demand of the way the transfer system works and stuff, does a manager really have time to do that nowadays? You know, put that level of, mm. you know, due diligence, due diligence in and really, you know, leave no stone unturned. Yeah. I think it's hard now because of the pressures, you know, the games, the fact that it's no longer a thing of like, you know, just the weekend, you could play Monday nights, Friday night, you know, it's mm. the, the stress and the strain, I think, was... I think you're saying there about, about David Moyes and the way he left Everton as well was I think the reason he got such a good send-off was because the United thing broke around April time, didn't it? Mm, I'm mistaken. Can't was remember. Maybe a little, yeah. maybe a little Towards earlier. the end of April, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. And, you know, the season's coming to an end there. We'd already had a, a decent-ish season, you know, barring that Wigan game and stuff. And I don't think the fans... Had any ill thought towards me? Thought you know I what? Don't. We've had ten years. We've had ten, ten, ten plus years of good football here. You know, he stabilised us. We're not sure what's around the corner, but good luck to you, mate. You know, see you somewhere down the road. It was only after the animosity started. You know, over the the, the Baines and Fellaini. That's when I feel it started. Really, it was yeah. You know, and then there was almost a. I mean, that, that's again. That's whether it was even him. You know, who who, who was doing these. Asking for these deals, he's probably said, "Go and get them." So he's not—he's not listed the price. United have had a director of football, or, or at least a head of recruitment for a long time, way before you know Woodward and stuff. And you know, he's probably not signed off on how much it is. It's not his bank. It's not his money, is it? At the end of the day, mm-hmm. so there was ill feeling there. But at the same time, there's, there's ill feeling. I think that's what sometimes makes Evertonians thrive is having that ill feeling towards someone because it gives them that extra like impetus to go out and win. Mm. And we did that yeah. we did that for David Moy under David Moyes whilst he was at United. We beat beat him twice at United. I don't think it, we, it was only until the Allardyce era when he can we actually conceded the goal against the David Moyes team, wasn't it? Yeah. Um that last game against West Ham that we only conceded the goal against him. And but yeah for me it's David Moyes, you know, for the work that he the groundwork that he put in previous to the decade and them last two years. Martinez You'd say that first season, but the other two seasons were crap, weren't they? Koeman was a disaster. Allardyce was a disaster. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Marcos. If Marcos, put it this way, like Marco Silva wins the League, Cup. the League Cup this year, he's manager of the decade. He is though, isn't he? We'll, we'll, we'll be in the next decade, so we wouldn't count. <laughs> ah, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's easy to say Moise. And I think you've all put good cases, um, you know, for, for an argument for it. I'm just going to be different to be different. I'm, I am going to say Martinez purely for the fact that, okay, that first, that first season, we ended up on like 70 odd points, didn't we? Sometimes that was enough to win a league. Mm. That, and it was just very, very unlucky that we didn't end up in the Champions League. Who knows what could have happened if we'd end up in the Champions League. And you say those other two seasons were terrible. Okay, the league, the league were terrible. We were never really any danger of going down, were we? Let's face it. There was one point in the second season. Well, where did we Sorry, finish? The third season. Where did we eleventh and twelfth? There's one point in the third season. Fifth, eleventh, and twelfth. I think it was the fact. That I think I think man, it was the fact we didn't kick on the way we all thought we were going to kick on. After the, well, that's expectations. You know, we didn't kick on. Did we? It was. You know, David Moyes was a, a master at managing expectation and saying, "Oh, we're going to be terrible." Whereas Martin mm. was the complete opposite. You know, we got fifth, and then it was like, "Well, yeah, we can go on and do this." You know, the first thing that he came out was, "I'm going to get you in the Champions League." You know, people were laughing at him. We we still got to semi-finals in those other two seasons. We we never really did that under Moyes, like consistently. Obviously, we did get to semi-finals and finals, but I just, I just think Martin is, is 
deserves a shout at I, least. He deserves a shout, but at the same time, though, I think history's going to remember how how man how both man how all those managers left the club. I think Martinez. We all wanted them out at this, but you know, I remember it was the sun. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to rewrite history. Oh, I, I did. God. I wanted them out. You know, and Cumin. The West Ham game at home where we were 2 0 up and lost 3 2. That was my last throw. That's one of the, fir- the, the the only few times I've ever walked out of a game early because I thought that this just, uh, I didn't even got to 2 2 and I give up, walked out. Oh, I was embarrassed. You know, we had that game was such so badly managed mm. because you wanted to put the ass on, wasn't it? You know, and but at the end, I think it, it's David Moyes purely because of the stability and level that he, 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 he'd had us at at that point. But Martinez was that wildly inconsistent. I mean, and Koeman and Allardyce and Silva don't even come anywhere near in the, in the, the rankings, really. You, you could make a case for Sam Allardyce. He came in just to keep us up and he kept us up. <laughs> but anyway, I'm not really going to make a case for that. Um, let's move on to the last question. It's It's a negative one. So we like to finish off on negative things in this podcast, don't we? Low points of the decades. Um, do you want to go? Defeat. I've got two, but the probably of the same milk. FA Cup semi-final defeats. Both of them. Both of them. Liverpool and United. Yeah, massive, yeah. Op- massive opportunities missed. You, you just think back. Don't, you know, you're so close. I mean, the United one we would have got Palace. Palace in the final. Yeah. The Liverpool one we would have got Chelsea in the final. Okay, Chelsea. You know, good side now, but. At that point, you know, you would have fancied us to give them a game. 90 you know minutes. I mean? 90, 90 minutes in, yeah. in a cup final. Yeah. I just need to get... I know the Wigan, the Wigan game would probably, probably what a lot of people would say the quarter final, but I just think the Wembley to get there. And I think the way we the way we lost both times was just... Cruel. Cruel, yeah. You know, you look mm. back to, you know, the Liverpool one, the distant mistake, you know, then Carroll scores, the, you know, in stoppage time almost. Then, you know, we, we go again, you know, was it two... Three years later, and you know, after being all over the place first half, we get back in the game, miss a host of chances, miss a penalty, batted them second half, them, mm-hmm. and then they got one chance in the, the dying stages, and Marshall puts it away. And I think it, it was just it was just hard to take. It was just a bitter bitter pill to swallow both times. I go, I go that United semi final purely because of the who we'd have played in the final because it was the in that United. Team, I think you mentioned before saying that United team. Playing all right, but it was still a very beatable Man United. Oh at yeah, the time, yeah, wasn't it? It was they, they were they weren't playing well under Van Gaal, but they didn't really want Van Gaal there at the time. I don't well, he think. went, didn't he? He went weeks after. He went after. weeks after. You know, and I, I just feel like that could have genuinely saved Roberto Martinez from from the sack. If he well, did, it, if I mean, it would have done surely. It, I mean, we're getting to did, a final win on a trophy because at this point there was no, there was no. At that point, we were, we were, we were we were saving stuff, but. The Liverpool game, probably in and again at a close, probably a close second, purely because you, that Liverpool team was absolutely dreadful that day. But we probably wouldn't have won that beat, beating Chelsea in the final, even though anything can happen in 90 minutes. But that United game, we had the quality in the team and we had the chances and we let ourselves down again. The Wigan game in the Cup, again, that's a good shout. One of my shouts for it was was don't that, say, don't say my one. Oh, no, hang on a minute. I sent you my stuff before. 
Go on then. Are you going to say the Dynamo Kiev game? No, no, no. No. Dynamo Kiev game, <laughs> we were, that, that would have put us in the quarterfinal of a major European competition. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you know, and teams who, who went out and won it, you know, were beatable. Who were yeah. still in it were beatable. And we all we had to do was not lose that game. That should have been the team talk, shouldn't it? Just don't, don't lose, lose this game, please, lads. Copy five two. Do you know? I, I mean, it's nowhere near in comparison, really, to to the semi-finals. But for me, that again, that's a huge disappointment. Mine is kind of left field, and it doesn't really relate to a match or an incident on the pitch. Mine's from. It's actually a funny story, but it's from 2011 when we sold Michael Arteta for 10 million pounds. He put a transfer request in. And I'll tell you why it's um, it's my low point because I was on a holiday to Magaluf with a mate and we were sat outside the Only Fields and Horses or the, the Lineker Bar on transfer deadline day and it was late. And it, it, it like back then, like the, like we were getting updates on the phone and, and stuff I like that. I remember texting you about it. We were texting backwards and forwards about it. And obviously, it's, you know, that phrase, where's the Arteta money bill and stuff like that, you know, that's, that's you know, that's part of it as well. But we sold Arteta, our best player at the time. It was without a doubt our best player at the time. And we replaced him with two low knees of Roost and Drenth. <laughs> Dennis 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 Dennis. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I remember me mate saying, <laughs> we, we, he was made up, he was just really made up that we'd signed the Strackleersy because he looked like Tevez. It's like, oh, he looks, he looks like Tevez, he's going to be boss. <laughs> and it, it was just, I just, I've never... Despite being an holiday, never felt so low being an Everton fan that we'd sold our best player for, t- you know what? Pennies for pennies. Yeah. You know what? I would have been. I would have been. You know, I would have had selling him because we'd sold all of our best players. But for ten million pounds, it was an absolute joke and a disgrace that he it went was, for ten million. It was the way the club sold them as well, wasn't it? It was. It was like it was. It was. It was quite literally deadline day. Oh was, yeah, literally. You know yeah. I mean, there was no chance of getting no. a replacement in whatsoever, and. Yeah. and well, obviously, that's why we didn't. It looked like we didn't spend the money. So where's the Arteta where's money? The Bill? Arteta money, yeah, that's where it comes from. Yeah. So that is my low point you know of the decade. I'd very t- early on in two thousand. I tell you what. I tell you what. What is another low point for me? Um, there is loads of them. But this, this is because this was like this was what in theory should have been an easy one because it was when it was the Martinez good season and we played. It was a rearranged game against Palace. And the game got rearranged in the winter when I think tiles were falling off the roof and also yeah, so we cancelled the game. And all we had to do was win and we would have been comfortably fourth, I think, with a game in hand. Yeah, I remember that. And basically the, the rule was go out there, lads, win. Or even don't get beat and it's still in your hands. I got beat 3-2. Mm. Yannick Balassi scored. That's why he signed for Everton. Just, you know, it, it's madness. It's just... But that's another one that could have, if we get fourth that year, that's that incident where we don't get fourth. That's that moment. Mm. After that, it was, after that, it was just, oh, we'll just, we'll see it, see it out to the end of the season. And then, um, you know, the rest is history, isn't it really? I suppose we don't, we don't get fourth and we, um, we play in the Europa League next year. And that could have been at the moment that, you know, spared us on. And I remember walking out that ground feeling so, so deflated. Okay, well, nice to end the, the podcast on a positive note there. Looking forward to Norwich now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's it for your view from the Gladys Street Everton Fan Podcast on the Royal Blue Acast and iTunes channel. It's been a bit different, hasn't it? It's been something a bit different. I didn't think it would be uh, the best thing to do to preview knowledge as it's still international break and um, not really much to talk about. Uh, not really much is happening, but... 
Rob, thank you for coming on. Connor, thank you for coming on. Cheers. We will be back next week to look back at the Norwich match and hopefully we will be able to discuss an Everton win with three points for Marco Silva. Thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to The View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo.